Okay, so we'll proceed to another set of questions. In what instant can you validly question the arbitration ruling? In the instant case, it will be noted that sometime after the action was commenced and upon the request of the defendants, the plaintiff agreed to arbitrate among the terms and provisions of the policies. Did the parties mutually agreed upon an arbitrator and that each appeared before him and offered his or its evidence upon the questions in the dispute? That there is no claim or pretense that the proceedings were not honestly and fairly conducted. Having formally agreed and submitted to an arbitration after the action was commenced, it may be well be doubted whether the plaintiff can be at this time questioned the validity of the proceedings, except upon the ground of fraud or mistake. So here in this instant case, we see that uh, the instance in which you can validly question arbitration ruling. Uh, in this case, it will be noted that sometime after the action was commenced and upon the request of the defendants, the plaintiff agreed to arbitrate under the terms and provisions of the policies. That the parties mutually agreed upon an arbitrator and that each appeared before him and offered his or its evidence upon the questions in dispute. So, kitagaan gisila due process. So, there is no claim or pretense that the proceedings were not honestly and fairly conducted. So, there should be a question of how the proceedings were not honestly and fairly conducted. So, question. having formally agreed and submitted to the arbitration after the action was commenced, it will be well be doubted whether the plaintiff can be at this time questioned the validity of the proceedings except upon the ground or uh, ground of fraud or mistake. So, how do you define gross and habitual neglect of duty? Gross and habitual neg- negligence Gross negligence connotes want of care the performance of one's duties Wants of want of care, no? Ang habitual neglect implies repeated failure to perform one's duties for a period of time, and depending on the circumstances. What is the best? Uh, what is the test of negligence for gross habitual neglect? Did the defendant, in doing the alleged negligent act, use reasonable care and caution, which in an ordinarily prudent person would have used in the same situation? So we always compare it with a reasonable or prudent person. And then we look at how did the defendant in doing the alleged negligent act use that reasonable care and caution? Was there reasonable care and caution which an ordinarily prudent person would have used in the same situation? So here, um, we need to memorize Article 301 when an employment not deemed terminated, the bona fide suspension of the operation of a business or undertaking for a period not exceeding six months or the fulfillment of the employee of a military or civic duty shall not terminate the employee the employment so money ang stipulation sa article 301 when an employment not deemed terminated so if the bona fide suspension of the operation of business or undertaking for a period not exceeding 6 months or the fulfillment wa pagani-kabutog 6 months or nagfulfill siya sa iyang military or civic duty it shall not terminate the employment. In, in all such cases, the employer shall reinstate the employee to his former position without loss of seniority rights if he indicates his desire to resume his work not later than one month from the resumption of operations of his employer or from his relief from military or civic duty. What are the two factors of abandonment? There should be a failure to report for work or absence without a valid or reasonable reason, a clear inten- intention to savor employer-employee relationship with second and with the second element as more determinative factor being manifested by some overt acts. 
So, ang two factors here, there should be a failure. No? Wala na siya ni trabaho, no? sa iyahang work or absence without what the qualification here is it should be without valid or justifiable reason. And next is there is a clear intention in his part to severe uh, in the employer-employer relationship which is an element more determinative factor being manifested by overt acts. What constitutes a valid cause of termination of employment based on abandonment? It is a well it is well settled in our jurisprudence that for abandonment to constitute a valid cause for termination of employment there must be deliberate and justified refusal of the employee to resume his employment. This refusal must be clearly shown. Mere absence is not sufficient. It must be accompanied by overt acts and earingly pointing to the fact that the employee does not want to work anymore. Okay. Again, it is well settled in our jurisprudence that for abandonment to constitute a valid cause of termination of employment, there must be a deliberate and justified refusal of the employee to resume his employment. This refusal must be clearly shown. So, ipakita ginyang klaro, no? Mere absence of not of is not sufficient. It must be accompanied by overt acts and earingly pointing to the fact that the employee does not want to work anymore. So, what are the, the exceptions of the six-month period? Okay, this includes apprenticeship stipulating a longer period. Okay? So, this is the exception of six-month period before you can turn a person into a regular employee. So, na-exception sa six months. Within six months, you have to decide whether you're going to make that person a, an, a regular employee. Okay? So, apprenticeships stipulating a longer period. Are there cases where a person was charged of gross and habitual neglect of duty and habitually was, uh, habituality was not considered? Yes. Another case of gross negligence is an employee of LBC who left the motorcycle along the Berkeley Street in Escolta, Manila without blocking it despite clear specific instructions to do so. His argument that he stayed inside the LBC office for only 3 to 5 minutes was of no moment. On the contrary, it only proved that he did not exercise even the slightest degree of care during the very short time. Mateo deliberately did not heed the employer's very important precautionary measure to ensure the safety of the company's property. Although Mateo's infraction is not habitual, you must take into account that the substantial loss. In this case, LBC lost a motorcycle with a book value of 46,000 pesos which by by any means could not be considered a trivial amount. Mateo was entrusted with great responsibility to take care of and protect company's property and his gross negligence should not allow him to walk away from that incident as if nothing happened and worse be rewarded with back wages to booth. The ruling of the Supreme Court in this case shows that the court's inclination to risk disregard the element of habituality as an important element for gross negligence. So what is uh, definition of fraud? It refers to any act or omission or concealment which involves a breach of legal duty, trust, or confidence justly reposed and is injurious to another. Again, it refers to any act, omission, or concealment which involves a, a breach of legal duty, trust, or confidence justly reposed and is injurious to another. Okay, so, duha no, it could be an omission or even a concealment. No? Um, it is a breach of a legal duty of confidence. Justly repose and is injurious to another person. Okay? So we have, what is an affirmative defense? An affirmative defense is an allegation of a new matter while hypothetically admitting the material allegations in the pleading of the claimant would nevertheless spend or bar recovery by him or her. Affirmative defenses could include fraud, statute of limitations because of prescription, release, payment, uh, release, 
payment, illegality, illegality, statute of frauds, estoppel, former recovery, discharge in bankruptcy, and any other matter by way of confession avoidance. Formative defenses may also include grounds for dismissal of complaint, specifically that the court has no jurisdiction over the matter, that there is another pending uh, action between the parties of the same cause, or that the action is barred by prior judgment. So, Les Pendencia and then Res Judicata. No? So, we have Les Pendencia and Res Judicata. So, what are the elements of loss and trust and confidence? In view of the employer, loss of confidence, it should be used as a sub... Uh, yes, as to fraud in view of the employer, what are those? No? So, loss of confidence, it should not be used as subterfuge for causes which are illegal or improper or unjustified. It may not be arbitrarily asserted in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary. It must be genuine and not just a mere afterthought. And the employee involved holds a position of power. Okay, and then uh, in view the employee involves holds a position of trust and confidence. It must be genuine and not just a mere afterthought. In the view of the employee, the act is not ordinary but a willful breach of trust. It it is work related as exposed to the employee as unfit to continue working. So let's try to um, make a mnemonics for this. So here, loss. Um, what are the elements of loss of trust of confidence? So here we have confidence no? from the word alone confidence so the first one is letter C then it should be used as a subterfuge for causes which are illegal or improper okay so we'll use the word subterfuge here should not be used as subterfuge okay so we'll use the letter S so, let's see S Okay, so let's bold letter S. Okay, and then number three may not be arbitrarily asserted in the face of overwhelming evidence. Okay, so I think let's use the letter O here. It's the word here for me is really overwhelming. No. So we have uh, it may not be arbitrarily asserted. No, you cannot assert it. Um, here in the face of overwhelming evidence of contrary. Okay. May not be arbitrarily asserted in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary. Okay. So, di ni mo kinahanglan i-assert. Klaro ka yung adiliman siya. So, I think the word here is sorry, it's not overwhelming. But it is assert. No, so we'll capitalize A. You cannot assert it. Then we have here, it must be genuine and not a mere afterthought. Okay, I think the word here is genuine. We'll use genuine. Okay, and then we'll use the employee involves holds a position of trust. And confidence. Okay, and I think the word here is really P. No? Uh, as to position, ang position. And remember, uh, for you to be uh, on this case, you should only be there. There, there are only two kinds of employee who can be charged of loss of trust and confidence, and that is managerial employees and fiduciary rank and file employees like cashier, property custodians, etc. 
No? So, we have already here, in the view of the employer, we have already four, no? CASAGP. C-S-A-G-P. No? C-S-A-G-P. So, there, uh, C is for confidence, S is for subterfuge, It should not be a subterfuge for causes which are illegal or improper or unjustified. Okay? And then, it may not be arbitrarily asserted. Okay? For us to understand, uh, let's look, look up what we mean by subterfuge. What is subterfuge? So, subterfuge is actually a deceit used in order to achieve one's goal. No? subterfuge. Deceit used in order to achieve one's goal. Okay? So, that is the literal meaning. It's a deception or artifice or stratagem in order to conceal, conceal, escape. So, you cannot use it as a subterfuge for causes which are illegal or improper. Para lang gidma ang tang employee or kuan, no? And it may not be arbitrarily asserted in the face of overwhelming evidence in the contrary. You cannot assert it when the, all the evidence are pointing the otherwise, no? Uh, the other way around. So, CSA. Confidence, subterfuge, assert, then it must be genuine and not a mere afterthought. There should be loss of confidence. It should not be a subterfuge. It should not be asserted in the face of evidence in the contrary. It should be genuine. And not just a mere afterthought, no? Dilirengon na hunona animong ay muning kutrahan kaya wajuk ay lingaw, no? And P, the employee involves holds a position of trust and confidence. The employee involves holds a position of trust and confidence. In view of the employee, the act is not ordinary but a willful, a willful breach of trust, no? So this is in the part of the employee, the act is not ordinary but a willful breach of trust. Okay, so here the act. is not ordinary sa okay but a willful breach of trust okay so for the employee it should be okay and okay, it should be an O not ordinary and then it should but a willful breach of trust And then we have it is work related as to expose the employee as unfit to continue working. It is work related as to expose the employee as unfit to continue working. So what do you mean by that? It is something that is work related then as to expose the employee as unfit. No, so. Okay, so here we see that it is So, these are the elements of trust and confidence. What are the two kinds of position vested with trust and confidence? That the managerial employee's whose primary duty consists of management of the establishment. And then, we have fiduciary rank and file employees such as cashiers, auditors, or property custodians. So, there are three DI. Cashiers, auditors, and primary uh, property custodians. Uh, what is easier to terminate? Okay, what is easier to terminate? Managerial or employee? Mere existence in the basis of managerial employee for rank and file, the basis is reasonable ground. Uh, for rank and file, mangod. 
Uh, why is it easier to terminate a managerial employee? Because mere existence is the basis for managerial employees. Mere existence ra of the basis. While the rank file, the basis is really reasonable grounds. So what is a negative defense? A negative defense is a specific denial of the material or facts alleged in the pleading. And then here we see. Okay. So here... A negative defense is not deny no sa particular allegation niya. Okay? So what is the requirement of the crime specified for the just cause or commission of crime or offense against employer? Is a crime defined under revised penal code or offense as defined under the special penal law? And it should be against a person. No? Should not be a crime against property. If the crime against property, it should be serious misconduct. For commission of crime or offense against the employer, what are the rules as to the immediate member of his family? his or her relative within fourth civil degree of consanguinity or affinity, then authorized representative refers to manager, supervisor, or person with special designation. Note that relatives within fourth civil degree of consanguinity for us are not included. Okay, so these are... So these are the facts that undermine the constitutionality that undermine... undermine... that undermine... So this is uh, these are the facts that undermine the constitutionality of the guaranteed rights of employees' security of tenure. So this is constructive dismissal, then uh, as provided. No. So what are the required requisites for analogous causes? According to Department Order 147-15, there must be an act or a mission similar to those specified in just case, just causes. The act or mission must be voluntary or willful in the part of the employee. Are there cases where the person was charged of gross habitual neglect of duty and habitually was not considered? Yes. Katong incident sa LBC, no, nga, where he lost 46,000 worth motorcycle. Give one example of analogous cases. As to uh, that, an example is gross inefficiency, where the Supreme Court equated gross inefficient and uh, not equated gross inefficiency, but they considered it's an, it as analogous to uh, gross and habitual neglect of duty. So, what should a complaint contain? A complaint is a pleading alleging the plaintiffs or claiming parties' cause of cause or action. The names and residences of plaintiff and defendant must be stated in the complaint. Give three examples of analogous cases. We have gross inefficiency, analogous to gross neglect of duty, unreasonable behavior and unpleasant deportment, no, analogous to other just causes, stealing a credit card with a co-employee that's analogous to serious misconduct, unauthorized selling of textbooks in violation of school manual 1992 considered analogous to willful disobedience or conduct of analogous conduct analogous thereto. So authorized causes in labor code is found in what article? Article 298. Closure of establishment of reduction of personnel. The employer may terminate the employment of any employee due to the installation of labor-saving devices, redundancy, retrenchment to prevent losses, or the closing or cessation of operation of the establishment or undertaking unless the closing is for the purpose of circumventing the provisions of this title. By serving a written notice on the workers and the Ministry of Labor and Enjoyment at least one month before the intended date thereof, in case of termination due to the installation of labor-saving devices or redundancy, the worker affected thereby shall be entitled to separation pay, equivalent to at least one month pay or to at least one month pay for every year of service, whichever is higher. 
In case of the retrenchment or prevent losses in case of cases of closure or cessation of operations, the establishment undertaking not due to serious business losses or financial reverses, the separation pay shall be equivalent to one month pay or at least one half ma- month pay for every year of service, whichever is higher. A fraction of at least six months shall be considered one whole year. Okay, so what is the purpose of the provisionary period? Article 296 governs probationary period. And uh, the purpose is to give the employer the chance to really uh, exercise their management prerogative to choose the best and qualified employers in the exercise of, again, their management prerogative. Okay? Okay, so how much should the employer pay for those will be terminated due to labor-saving devices or redundancy as compared to kung kuan gani, uh, kung you are terminated due to labor-saving device, mas tako siya, compared to closure or cessation of operations. Except for, uh, take note, not due to business losses or financial reverses. Because it's because of that, there's no responsibility to pay separation. Uh, there's no responsibility to, to pay separation pay to the employees. So here, one month or one month pay for every year of service you know, for those who are uh, terminated due to labor-saving devices or redundancy. One month pay or one month pay uh, one month pay or one month pay for every year of service, whichever is higher due to labor-saving devices. But if it's uh, due to retrenchment, losses, you no. Know, closure or cessation of operations then you can uh, you can pay uh, the separation pay is one month or one a uh, one half month pay for every year of service wherein a fraction of six months above is considered one whole year okay so that is how much you should pay so what is the exception of the authorized causes when it is not considered authorized when is it not considered? When the undertaking is for the purpose of circumventing the provisions of Article 298. So, if you circumvent Article 298 of the Labor Code, then obviously, you are not entitled to the authorized cause. So, what is security of tenure? Security of tenure is the most sacred and constitutionality, constitutionally guaranteed right of the worker in his or her security of tenure. Regardless of types of employment, the employee must enjoy security of tenure. Security of tenure guarantees that no worker shall be dismissed except for just or authorized causes provided by law and other due process. So what is the termination for installation of labor-saving devices or redundancy? In case of termination due to the installation of labor-saving devices or redundancy, the worker affected shall be entitled to a separation pay equivalent to at least one month pay or at least one month pay for every year of service, whichever is higher. So what is the termination due if the case is all about retrenchment to prevent losses and in cases of closures or cessation of operations of establishment or undertaking not due to serious losses or financial reverses? If that's the case, in case of retrenchment to prevent losses and in cases of closures or cessation of operations of establishment or undertaking not due to serious business losses or financial reverses, the separation pay shall be equivalent to at least one month pay or one half month pay for every year of service, whichever is higher and a fraction of six months uh, higher is considered one whole year. The two standards by which a probationary per, uh, 
probationary employees a price. So we have the qualitative standards, we also have the quantitative standards. So for just authorized causes, what does the employer require? It requires the notice of termination should be served personally to the employee for the latter to prepare for eventual loss of job. The employer may opt not to require the dismissed employee to report for work during the 30-day notice. So in, ter- in, in dismissing an employee for authorized cause, you have to make sure that you serve the termination uh, personally to the employer employee. For the latter to prepare for the eventual loss, if possible, the employer may opt not to require the dismissed employees to report for work during the 30-day para makapangita sa nagtrabaho. Okay? Okay, provide an example of installation of a labor-saving device. An example is the modernization program. Okay, because here we have installation of labor-saving devices. The law authorizes employer to terminate the employment of the employee due to the installation of labor-saving devices. The installation of these devices is a management prerogative and the courts will not interfere with this exercise in the absence of abuse of discretion, arbitrariness, maliciousness on the part of the management. In one case, modernization program is considered an installation of labor-saving device. In the case of modernization program of San Miguel Corporation Mandawi plant, the company conducted a viability study of its business operations and adapted a modernization program by bringing high-speed machines to be used in the manufacture of its beer. Supreme Court held that the installation of labor-saving devices was a proper ground for terminating employment. It was also held that the Supreme Court the determination of employment due to the introduction of machinery in the manufacture of its products for purposes of affecting more economy and efficiency was declared valid. The use of this ground must be in good faith. The employer's implementation of the modernization plan must be concrete and substantiated. It must not be used as a facade to get rid of employees. The twin notice rule must be the twin notice must be complied to give the chance uh, to dolly to validate the truthfulness of the installation of the labor saving device. The employer must pay separation pay also at the same time. So what is redundancy under authorized causes? It exists where the services of the employee are in excess of what is reasonably demanded by the actual requirement of the enterprise. So redundancy exists where the services of the employee are in excess and what is reasonably demanded by the actual requirements requirements of the enterprise. So simply put, a position redundant where it is superfluous and superfluity of position or positions may be at the outcome number of factors, which is include that includes overhiring of workers, this decrease of volume of business. Okay, so in short, there is an excess of what is reasonably demanded by the actual requirements of the enterprise. Okay, so what are the requisites for a fixed-term employment? The fixed-term period for employment was knowingly and voluntarily agreed by parties at the start, and there should be no force, FD. FDIN. No, it should be without FDIN. What is FDIN? FDIN means force, jurist, improper pressure, no vitiation of consent. Okay? No vitiation of consent. Okay? No vitiation of consent. Force, jurist, improper pressure, no vitiation of consent. Okay? So what does FDIN mean? It means force, jurist, improper pressure, and no vitiation of consent. They dealt with each other. Uh, they dealt with each other in more or less equal terms. So there's no moral ascendancy. So what are the requirements of the valid implementation of company's redundancy program? The employer must serve a written notice to the affected employees. Okay, so there should be something like that. Now, na ay written notice. Number two, the dole at least one month before the intended date of the retrenchment. You have to inform dole one month before. 
and this is a twin twin notice rule so inform the employee using written notice and at the same time you also inform dole one month before the employer must pay the employee separation pay the employer must abolish the redundant positions in good faith and there uh, it should be in good faith no this is number four and the employer must set fair and reasonable criteria in ascertaining which positions are redundant so remember we always go back to fair and reasonable criteria Okay, so you have to have a fair, reasonable criteria in ascertaining uh, which positions may be abolished. How about the valid redundancy program? What should it contain? Good faith of the employer is okay. Good faith of the employer in abolishing the redundant position. Fair and reasonable criteria in ascertaining what position should be declared redundant. It should be status. Should be uh, it could be the basis could be status efficiency. And seniority, so it could be sen, no, seniority, status, efficiency. An employer cannot simply declare that it has become overman and dismiss its employees without producing adequate proof to sustain its redundancy. One requisite of valid redundancy program is that the good faith of the employer in abolishing the redundant position. It should be bona fide, fair and reasonable criteria in ascertaining what position are to be declared redundant. You can consider sen. Sen means seniority, efficiency, and status. The court also held that the following evidence may be preferred to substantial redundancy. The new staffing pattern. So you can attach the new staffing pattern. Visibility studies. Proposal on the validity of the newly created positions. Job description and approval of the management of the restructuring. Fair and reasonable criteria may include the following but not limited to status, Uh, efficiency and seniority. The determination that the employee services are no longer necessary or sustainable should be provided. Okay? So, we'll proceed to the next...